I have a lot of software and tools that I rely on to make my online course business run well, and let me tell you about two of them right now. First, there's ClickFunnels. I've been using ClickFunnels in my online piano course business for over four years, and I love it because it does so much so well. I host my course there, I have my amazing sales funnel there, order forms, and so on. If you want to try ClickFunnels free for 14 days and get all of my templates I'm currently using to crush it with Piano in 21 Days and get a course I put together on how to best use ClickFunnels as a course creator, head to theonlinecourseguy.com slash click. That's theonlinecourseguy.com slash click. Next is Deadline Funnel, which allows you to easily integrate scarcity into your online course sales funnel in an ethical way. And the folks at Deadline Funnel have generously offered to double the free trial for listeners of this podcast. So to get your 28-day free trial of Deadline Funnel, head to deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG for online course guy. Once again, that's deadlinefunnel.com slash OCG. Now let's get on with episode 123, what your online course website should look like. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is The Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. This is The Online Course Show. I'm your host, Jacques Hopkins, and here with me is our co-host, David Grozy. Hey, what's up? And we're excited to dive into all things online courses with you today. David, it's episode 123, and we're going to go into a very uh, specific topic on the episode today, and that is web design. What do you think about that? What, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I talk about, when I say web design? Oh, man. I mean, it's just like things have changed. I mean, I grew up in the early days of the internet. And so I think back to these really ugly sites. And then there was like that period where Flash was everything. Like, uh, you know, a musical artist would have like their website would be just moving every which way and look so cool. And now we've kind of come full circle where things are simple. So, I mean, things things change in web design. So, Yeah. And you've got to find the line between things looking good and things selling well you know where where is that line hopefully we can have have both that's what i strive for is i want i want you know my presence online to to look as good as possible but then of course also convert and sell as as good as possible too and so we'll play we'll play an interview for the audience here in a little bit of somebody who knows a thing or two about web design but i kind of wanted to to you know to set to to set the stage for that by kind of talking about my history with web design as far as you know my online course piano in 21 days goes does that sound good to you that sounds good all right so for the longest time my if you go to if, if you went to piano in 21 days.com it was just a single page and it was basically the entry point into the funnel it was the the opt-in page for my free workbook and there's nothing else there was nothing else you could do right there was no about page there was no testimonials page there was there was nothing else and this was probably this was probably 2016 time frame and i i asked myself like okay is this is this is this good enough is this serving my customers as well as it could right not not being able to go to an about page 
or a homepage or a testimonials page, right? Is is my business just an online course and just a funnel, or is it is it a is it a full fledged business that's legitimately trying to help people in every way possible? And I decided that I needed a, a full website, right? And I didn't immediately go out and you know hire an, an expert web designer or anything like that. My process was okay. I found a website on the internet that I liked. I had a guy who was very good with WordPress that I'd used for things for other things before, and I said, "Hey, make make a site for me that looks like this site, and here's the content I want on it." And he did a great job with it, and that was the first full website for piano in 21 dayscom back in 2016. And I kind of cringe, you know, I was looking at the design for it earlier and I kind of cringe when I look at it now. It's it wasn't spectacular or anything, but it was for the first time I had those extra pages on my site where people could navigate. And when you went to piano in 21 dayscom it wasn't the it wasn't the opt-in page, right? But that original original design still had the same look and feel on the homepage that I do today where it's just, hey, it's my picture and it's like, hey, I'm Jacques. You know, I help regular people learn to play their favorite songs with the fastest online piano course, you know, get started here, big old button right on the homepage. And then that would take them to the the opt-in page that used to be the homepage. And so that's how I kind of got started in web design. At the time, it didn't really it didn't really occur to me to kind of get my site custom designed, right? I, I wasn't too familiar with even what proper web design was. I thought proper implementation of a website was more important, and so I paid the money to to somebody who knew WordPress well to implement my ideas. But it never really occurred to me to get a custom web design. So the next. The next iteration was I, I I started to not really like my design, so I went into ClickFunnels and I started kind of designing what I want the site to look like next, and I was going to hand that off to my WordPress guy and say, "Here, to, you know, put this in WordPress." Well, that actually went pretty well. It went so well that I was like, "What if I just leave all this in ClickFunnels?" And so I had a whole website on PianoIn21Days.com for over a year with an about page and testimonials page and all these pages, just click funnels. And so that was kind of cool. But there were limitations. There were limitations. So eventually I did convert it over to WordPress. Uh, Literally it was on, it was on just click funnels for over a year, but I went back to my same WordPress guy and said, Hey, here's my site. It's active, right? Build this for me in WordPress. So then he built that for me. Then I came across a website. I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, this is a really well-designed website. And instead of going back to my guy and be like, look, make my website look like this one, I saw at the very bottom of the page, it said, this website designed by Studio One Design. And I clicked on their page and I went to it and I was like, wow, these guys seem to really know a thing or two about web design. I was like, wonder if I should actually pay and get my site give me a custom design that's just mine. It's not modeled off of anybody else's on the internet and get my site professionally designed. I think up to that point, this was probably a couple of years ago, maybe two, two and a half years ago. And so I reached out to Greg at Studio One Design and him and and his team did a phenomenal job with my site. And that's essentially the site you see at pianoin21days.com, custom, completely custom designed by them. Now I will say 
that I still took their designs and handed it to my same WordPress guy that I've been using for years and years and years, and he implemented it for me. But it was really cool to, for the first time, have a website designed professionally and, and not by me. And I think that is is probably a point where people should you know, strive to get to eventually. Maybe not start that way because it, it's expensive, right? It's, well, it's, it's not super expensive, but it's not cheap. But eventually get to that point. So that, that's my history there. Any questions about that sequence of, of web design on Piano21Days.com? No, I think you did. I knew that you had it hosted in ClickFunnels for a bit. And then I was trying to model my site on yours. And I was like, how do you get this drop down menu at the top? And is that one of the things that ClickFunnels just wouldn't let you do as an actual drop down menu on mobile? Yeah, on mobile for sure. They ha- they have a they have an element called the navigation menu, but then there's no drop downs within it, and it doesn't look any different on mobile. So that's just one of many of the limitations in ClickFunnels, right? But yeah, so people people have definitely noticed that they 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 go to my site and they're like, hey, because I have a YouTube video out there that said, talks about how I was able to create my entire site in ClickFunnels. They're like, wow, you know, you've really taken it a long way. Like, how are you doing this, this, and this in ClickFunnels? I'm like, well, I actually graduated and back to WordPress now. And you can't do those things in, in just ClickFunnels. Okay. Yeah, that's good to have that full frame of reference. Yeah. And then, you know, on the other side for you, I think you've, you've always just done things in ClickFunnels, right? I, I don't know that you even have a WordPress site at this point. Do you? I don't. My my main business, my chiropractic office has a WordPress site. Yeah. So that one, I've had some experience with both and I've done some tweaking on that with just Beaver Builder. But yeah, seen both sides of it. Yeah. And, and for maybe for those that are just listening to this episode, this is the first episode they're listening to. You, your, your main thing is you're, you're a chiropractor. You have a brick and mortar shop. You're a chiropractor and you have kind of a side hustle as your online course where you help chiropractors and, and even other professionals get more clients. That's, that's your online course. So you have a WordPress site for your main business, but for your online course, you're just in ClickFunnels and to your with the kind of the level you're you're at with the amount of sales you've made the amount of customers you have that's that's probably good but i, I would imagine one day you might want to expand out and and get something professionally designed like i eventually did definitely with that stage set why don't we go ahead and play this interview? It's actually the guy who runs Studio One Design who designed my site that I just told you about, Greg. And we talked about all things web web design, some best practices, some things to avoid. And so let's go ahead and play that for you and we'll be back on the other side. Hey, Greg, welcome to the Online Course Show. Thank you for having me, Jacques. It's awesome to be here, buddy. It's good to see you, man. It's, it's been it's probably it's been too long, I would say. But look, for the audience out there that, that isn't familiar with you and your work, why don't we start by you just letting us know who you are and who it is that you help? Yeah, totally. So yeah, we my yeah, business name is studio1design.com. And yeah, we help a lot of businesses that have online funnels, essentially. So a lot of membership businesses and various other niches as well. But yeah, so we, you know, we've got a team of 20 people. And I guess you know, just a quick backstory, like we haven't always had a success, successful business like that. I actually started out as a t-shirt designer and then the, the industry started, you know, pivoting and, and, and sort of going down. So like the, our clients were wholesalers that were going vertical and, and squeezing out, you know, our clients, right? So what it meant was I had to look for online opportunities and I actually started my own membership site, right? So, which I've still got today and it's a membership site just selling t-shirts. It's not a course membership site. It's just 
just selling T-shirts in the form of a recurring membership, right? So that's where I kind of cut my teeth on the whole online marketing thing and figuring out that, you know, you have to lead with value and, and just a lot of other things that we'll get into on this call. But yeah, that's kind of led me to just designing websites for some of the, the top marketers in the world, essentially. You know, we've, we probably do about 20 websites a month and yeah, we've designed, you know, literally thousands of websites now. Well, just to provide overall context on my side as well, you know, I want, I want to share with the audience where I came across you and your work. It was probably a couple of years ago. I was just browsing the internet like I do on my day to day, you know, in my day to day work, and I came across a, sw- a website that I particularly liked. And I saw all the way at the bottom who it was that designed the website. So I clicked on it, and then I immediately saw your, uh, you know, your face there, and got in touch. And and so it was a it was a couple of years ago that I had you guys, you and your team, completely redesign my piano in twenty one days dot com website. And you know, I'm obviously thrilled with with how that turned out. Probably probably should have had you on the podcast sooner, but I'm excited to dive in and talk a little bit about you know, web design best practices. And, and I know you've got plenty of tips to share with regards to that and conversion for for this audience. So if you're good with it, let's let's dive in. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. And thanks for uh, choosing us as well. Yeah, your site is awesome. And yeah, I guess throughout this banter, let's sort of work out or let people know what's working for your website, because I especially want to touch on that testimonials thing you've got. <laughs> right on. Let's do it. Yeah, feel free to fire away questions, uh, any questions right back at me if you want to. But let me let me begin with this one. I want to I want to know in your opinion if you think it's important for course creators who you know the, the majority of this audience are people that have courses already or who want to have a course right maybe they're in the beginning st- stages but is it important for course creators to have like a full fledged website or can we get away with just a sales page and just to give you a little more context on that question I see people start courses they sign up for something like Teachable. And then they'll just use Teachable's built-in sales page. And like, that's basically their website. They have a sales page and then they have a course. Is that okay? Or should we have a full website? I think it depends if you're starting out or if you're an established business, right? So I would say when you're starting out, definitely use tools like that or ClickFunnels is probably a better tool, as you know. (laughs) And yeah, and obviously, you know, you want to test your offer. You want to make sure you've got a market for this thing. So I would say don't go and invest in a website if you haven't tested your offer first because you might just be, you know, wasting a whole, whole bunch of money. All right. So once our offer is tested... Once we, once we believe in the product and other people believe in the product, then maybe it's time to use the word invest in a website. Well, some people just, you know, you, you, you've got your domain, maybe that costs $10. You can get a free WordPress template or something. You can start putting things in yourself. Like, what do you mean invest in a website? Yeah. So I guess what I'm talking about, it depends on the level of your business. Let's say you're making $300,000 a year from your from your courses, right? That's probably the starting point where you really should be looking at your business model and saying, well, should I be working on websites myself, right? Because you're probably that level where you can afford to invest in a professional to do it for you. If you're under that, then it's probably a good thing to do it yourself because, you know, I mean, you can do a lot of things yourself online these days, right? There's lots of templates and page builders and all that sort of stuff. But I would argue that once you get to a certain, you know, level of income, 300 to 500,000, you really should be looking at, you know, investing in a professional that does it for you. And I would also say take it one step further and not just invest in a website, but invest in your brand and invest in, you know, obviously a website designer that understands conversion. So you they can take your business to that next level just through the, you know, the conversion focused design. It sounds kind of like what, what I did when, and kind of when I was reaching out to you as well, because up until that point, I had always designed the the website myself. And now 
I like to look at a, a, a website, a new website or a website redesign. Really, there's two phases. Uh, and I'd imagine you'd agree with me. We've got the design side and then we've got the implementation side, right? They're not the same thing. And I have, I've always designed my site myself, but I haven't always implemented it myself. Like I've got a really good WordPress guy. So I'll, I'll kind of cook something up, dream something up and say, hey, man, can you make this happen? But it just kind of hit me one day, you know, a couple years ago as I was browsing and saw some of your designs, I was like, you know, I've never really had my site professionally designed. I've had it professionally implemented. So that's kind of my history with it. But what side of it do you help people with? Is it both sides? It is both. Like we've got 20 people on our team, but we have 14 on the design team and only six full-time developers, right? So we focus more on the design and then we give our clients the choice, like we did with you, to have it implemented elsewhere and coded and built on WordPress or wherever, right? Um, So yeah, we focus on that design piece because that's my background. You know, I've had my business for 20 years and, you know, design is my passion essentially and now I've got lots of other designers to, to help me. But yeah, so I would say... If you're looking for a website designer, there's a huge difference between a designer and a developer, right? So a developer is the implementer, basically. But normally, it's very unlikely for them to understand conversion-focused design or design in general. They're good at building things, but, you know, having them design it is a totally different story. So we're not developers by heart. You know, we've got more of focus on the design side. I got it. I got it. Yeah, and it worked out really well for me because, like like I said, I had, I had a guy, I had a developer slash implementer already that I trusted. And it just, it's just that the design behind that up until that point was basically me. And I'm not a designer. Like I have no, I have no experience in that. I think I know what looks good, but it was so nice to be able to hand that off to you guys and then keep using my existing developer. So next, let me, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, your site doesn't, didn't look terrible either. It wasn't too bad, but you did decide, okay, I want to take it to that next level, which is yeah. obviously you know, where we helped out. Now you're just being nice, Greg. <laughs> All right, next, let's go here. I've got, I've got a question written down here uh, for you that I really want to ask you. So let me read this one. What are some of the biggest must-have principles on a website to boost conversions? Totally, yeah. So this is a big answer. But look, there's three main principles that you have to have, right? So number one is clarity. Number two is strategy. And number three is perceived value, right? So what I mean by that is using design, what we like to do is, let's say, for instance, somebody's looking at your website, and they're picturing something in their head. For a start, they only care what's in it for them, right? But they're looking at it, and they're thinking, hmm, okay, does this look like it's, you know, does it, does it look really good and does it look quality and am I going to get a lot out of it? So if you design it yourself, there's a good chance that's not really going to look that way, right? I noticed one of your, I won't say his name, but one of your previous guests that is kind of a competitor has a site that, you know, I think lets his business down because it just doesn't look as professional as obviously his courses and things like that are. So, it's the perceived value that people have when they come to your site. So really, yeah, you want to make sure that it does look up to date. It does look professionally designed. You know, the colors appeal to the target market. The images are professional photos and not just, you know, stock images if possible. And then, yeah, you really just want to make sure. Yeah, I guess the main thing is, you know, that it appeals to your target market. So that's really the perceived value piece. But then if we just take a step back and go to to clarity, right? So when somebody lands on your site, you have about five seconds to capture their attention. So 
because they're going to be looking at you and your competitors and that sort of thing. So you just really want to answer what's going through their head. And that's questions like, you know, what's in it for me? What is it that you offer and what's in it for me? So what I see a lot of business owners do is they just write copy themselves. And I'd say another thing you need to invest in is copywriting. We can talk about that later. But yeah, they write the copy themselves. And, and it's like, you know, I am awesome. Here's, here's what I do, buy my stuff, right? So <laughs> it's just not a good solution. So really people just want to care, sorry, people only care about what's in it for them, how they'll benefit from your offer, why are you the trusted authority for me to buy from and do you have proof that your stuff works, right? So Because they're going to be looking at all your competitors as well. So that's kind of the, the clarity piece and just make sure you have a clear pathway for them, you know, based on whatever the funnel is, which is really the next step. We're talking about strategy, right? So that's the number two, you know, principle. And that really is leading with value. So, you know, obviously you've got a, uh, on your site, you've got a, a free course essentially. And that's some things that I guess a lot of people might struggle with initially when they're starting out. They just want people to buy their stuff. So it's kind of counterintuitive to give it away, but you want to give away your best stuff for free. But then after that, you want to have a strategy that takes them through a funnel because that's a good opportunity to build trust and get them saying yes to the next thing that you have. And then eventually they'll buy, but don't try and push a sale straight away. So of those three, I would say I'm probably doing the strategy part the best. I'm pretty proud of my funnel. So I do want to go into this a little bit deeper and use my my website as an example, pianoin21days.com. And you guys designed this for me a couple of years ago, but I've certainly done my fair share of tweaks over the past couple of years, including, you know, especially that testimonials page that you, you alluded to a little while ago. But running through these, these three things that you've mentioned, let's talk clarity. I mean, when you go, you said, you know, five, five seconds, right? People, people give you about five seconds. You go to piano in 21 days.com. How good is the clarity right now? Do you think? I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a really, really well written. Like you're telling people exactly what you do. I help regular people learn to play their favorite songs with the fastest online piano course. Uh, that's pretty good. And just the, your, your domain name, your brand name, Piano in 21 Days, it's pretty obvious how long it's going to take, right? So there's a lot of clarity there. And then underneath that, you've got a little bit of a, you know, featured by pianist, CNBC, Forbes, etc. Tim Ferriss, which is killer. <laughs> so that's a little bit of an authority boosting piece as well. So you've got my attention. So right, right I, I trust you. I get what it is that you do. But you also have a little sentence or paragraph, I should say, underneath that sort of main headline. And that takes your, your USP, which is a you know, unique selling proposition at the top, into more detail. So yeah, it says, you know, if you're, if, sorry, it doesn't need to take years to learn how to play. So you kind of position yourself as the opposite to, well, that's your enemy essentially. And it's good if you can put your enemy in there, whether it's time, whether it's, you don't want to use a competitor, of course, but you know, it's something that you're the opposite to. And so you go into more detail and you say, you don't have to only play songs from hundreds of years ago, right? Learning piano can be faster, more fun and easier than you thought ever. Sorry, than you thought, let me show you how. So to me, it's like, you're you're giving people a different mindset into into what learning piano is all about. I reckon that's really clever. Well, it's my website, and and you're basically the one that designed it. So we're probably not the two best people in the world to critique this site. Uh, we're both <laughs> a little biased. Copy. We didn't do the copy. <laughs> yeah, and then and then just what about perceived value? You feel you feel like the perceived value overall is pretty high when you when you land there. 
I do. And look, I've got your, your old site up as well, and I'm just comparing the two. And even though it was kind of similar, like you, we use a lot of the same, you know, copy and, and things like that, we just gave it a design overhaul. The quality of photos and, and the way we implemented the photos is just a little bit more professional, well, a lot more, but you know what I mean? So <laughs> therefore, if somebody comes to your site now and it looks really good on mobile as well, which is super important, I think there's no doubt in their mind they'll be thinking, right, well, this is the real deal. This is, you know, this is high quality. Now, you mentioned copywriting a little bit a little while ago and how important that is as well. When you're, when you're designing a site for somebody, do you help with copywriting as well? No, we don't. Look, we, we see a lot of websites, obviously, and we, we have copywriting partners. We have about 10 copywriting partners that we'll refer people to based on you know, their, their location, their budget, what they actually need. They might need copy for just a, a homepage or a full funnel, email marketing, that sort of thing. But it is super important because you know, getting that message in right can, like what a good professional copywriter will do is A, they'll generally interview your customers, right? Or your prospects if you've just got people on your list if you're starting out. But then they'll interview them and then they'll write the copy that's persuasive copy using the words that they got from those customers. So it's in their words because what a lot of business owners do is they're a little bit too close to their own website. And so they use technical jargon, you know, things that are relevant to their industry, but a newbie coming in might not understand that language. So a copywriter will use the language of what your existing customers actually use. So let's go here next. I I could only imagine somebody like you just browsing the internet on on a daily basis. Somebody who is such an expert on web design, you're just constantly like judging the different pages and, and websites that you see. What are some of the what are some of the biggest mistakes out there you see and, and maybe what are what are what's the one or two that just really make you cringe when you see them? Yeah, look, there are a bunch, but uh, honestly, it's selling on hello. I think that's the biggest mistake. So we designed a site called fitlife.tv, which is essentially a creating a community, you know, it's like a membership where they, you know, they offer weekly training or twice a week they do training. And what they used to have was they, they own this site called Organifi, you know, dot, dot com, I think it is. It's, you know, it's a supplement sort of juicy type business. But so what they had was just buy now. And so what we found was that people weren't buying now. They weren't going to that because they hadn't built enough trust with the brand. And that's the whole purpose of your website to build trust. So what we did instead was we led with value. We had a free lead magnet, you know, a free PDF download. We put some social proof up there, impact metrics, you know, how many social visitors he has, which is absolutely millions. And then we went with his mindset Mondays and his, you know, whatever it is, Thursday, uh, whatever he has. So all these educational pieces. So it's just changing the, the you know, the approach to leading with value and you get a much better result doing that. So that's the biggest mistake. Just don't sell on hello. Another mistake would be no thank you page offer. So people opt in to a free download or whatever, take into a frank thank you page and it just says, thanks for downloading my free stuff, whatever, right? Instead, put a video there, get people excited and, you know, let them know what they're going to get from that free PDF download and then invite them to the next step of your funnel and have a call to action there. But I would say a face-to-camera video is the best way to build trust on the thank you page. Greg, on that note, let me tell you what's worked really, really well for me. People go, you know, obviously all throughout my site, I'm trying to get people to download that free workbook, you know, that you mentioned, the opt-in. That's the start of my funnel. 
Then on the thank you page, there's a video of me just telling, you know, welcoming them, telling them what they can do on this page, but there's not just one thing on that page. It's not just view the view the workbook. That's step one. They can do that. But step two is register for an evergreen webinar. And a lot of a lot of people will have the evergreen webinar actually as the opt-in, right? Come come view my free workshop, come view my webinar. But I've found that I get about twice as many, twice the conversion rate on my workbook than I do the evergreen webinar. But then I place it on the thank you page as you're kind of what you're suggesting. And then that's there's such qualified people that are landing on that thank you page that I make so many sales right up front, you know, on the same day somebody's introduced to me through that evergreen webinar that I might not have been able to do having that same webinar offer before the thank you page. So I think I think that's fantastic advice to to ask for more things and give more things on that thank you page. Yeah, I do the exact same thing to be honest. I've got a lead magnet as my as my opt-in and then I have a, a recorded webinar straight on there like on the thank you page. So yeah, I do the exact same thing and it works. It's awesome. It's really because they're super cold lead when they download the free thing and then you've warmed them up a bit in that video and then you're asking them to give it commit a bit more time which you can't really do at the start because they don't trust you enough yet. All right, next let's talk about kind of trends and and the future of websites. Like what are what are some of the newest website trends that you're seeing, good or bad, I guess? What should we be aware of and, and where do you think like websites are going in, in the next 5 years? Yeah, well, I guess virtual reality and augmented reality mm-hmm. might change things a lot and we might not might not have a job then, but um, <laughs> until then, yeah. So I'd I'd say that Look, I mean, we don't we, we do follow trends and we want to try and be trendsetters, right? But as a website owner, don't be too don't follow trends too closely because a lot of these trends are not conversion focused trends. So just be very wary of some trends. I'll give you an example. Let's say, you know, parallax effects, which is a technical term for when you're scrolling down a website, you have all these things flying in and backgrounds moving and all that sort of annoying stuff. And that's what it is. It's annoying and people get confused from that. And like we said before, clarity wins every time. So when you confuse, you lose, right? So what we want to do instead is just keep everything static and only things that you want moving would be things like, I mean, you can can have call to actions, jiggle or whatever, but social proof numbers, metric numbers, that might, let's say you've got a million YouTube visitors or fans, whatever, then you want to have potentially that counting up to a million. So it just grabs a little bit of attention, but don't have things moving. And image sliders of, let's say, testimonials and things like that, have them static, allow the user to click through to see the next, the next, the next. Don't have things moving unless the user, you know, wants them to move. But yeah, so that's, you know, that's really some trends you want to avoid. Some trends in general, like obviously it's all about, you know, you want it to feel like when somebody comes, lands on your site, you want it to feel inviting and fresh and modern and clean and that sort of thing. But once again, and that's a trend, really clean, right? But once again, don't be too clean because the messaging is more important than having a super clean design. I find that's a problem with a lot of, yeah, non-conversion focused designers. They think clever wins, but clarity wins every time. But yeah, so apart from that, like, honestly, I just wouldn't follow trends too closely. There are little trends that, actually, I might have to leave it there. I can't think of any. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no worries. So what, what about going forward? And specifically, I'm wondering about like mobile, right? Because I was looking the other day and, and I've got more mobile visitors to my website than I do desktop visitors. So 
Does that mean that the next time I do maybe redesign my site, I should design it mobile first and then branch out to the desktop version? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, once again, a lot of designers have that approach, right? So what we do, we design desktop first with mobile in mind while we're designing, right? But we purposely don't design mobile first because of the fact that there's not much brand personality you can put into a mobile first design, right? Now, don't get me wrong, it's super important. And if a site, you know, comes to us or and, and they say we want, you know, mobile is far more important. Well, yes, it is. But if we can't put any brand personality and differentiate, you know, your site to your competitors, then what's the point? So what we do is design, you know, a, a full desktop version first. And then once the customers approve that, then we'll show them how to look on mobile. We'll still put in as much brand personality as possible, but we want it to have, you know, minimal sort of minimal design elements so that it loads quickly. Next question for you, Greg, is going to be in the in the weeds a little bit here. I'm, I'm I'm testing something right now on my site, and that's that's an exit intent. I don't know if pop ups the right word. It's more like a, a screen takeover, and I'm testing it because I, I've I've heard that it converts really well, and so far it's converting pretty well. But you know, as a, as a user of various websites, it's I find it a little bit annoying. So, what are your thoughts on on potentially annoying things like exit intents? Yeah, so. I think what you're talking about when it takes over the full screen is a welcome gate. And look, personally, I find them super annoying as well, but it's not about what we find annoying. It's about what converts, right? So, but to me, it's finding that right balance. So I would test these things. And if, you know, if you put in anything new on your site, just test it for a week and see what happens to your conversions, but not just opt-ins, but conversions of sales, because what you might be doing is ruining your brand integrity by annoying people so much. <laughs> so don't have a pop-up as soon as you land on the page, like a welcome gate or you know something that pops up straight away. Uh, instead, have it as an exit intent. So people go to leave, then it'll pop up. Or you can use a tool like Optin Monster it has all these other triggers, like how far you've scrolled on the page, how many pages you've visited, how long you've been on the site, all these other triggers you can set, which are far less invasive than a, a entry pop. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I've been using to test and I've been enjoying it so far, Optin Monster. So people can check that out. I'm, I'm liking it so far. All right. So let's talk about more about your company and kind of your process. If somebody's listening to this and like, yeah, you know, you're right. It's, it's probably time that I get my site professionally designed kind of like Jacques did. What, what is your process? Like what could somebody expect if they start working with you on a new website? Yeah. So for a start, what we like to do is, you know, we like to make sure they're a good fit, you know? So what we do is we ask them a few basic questions first, and then we give, give them, you know, a ballpark estimate, right? And then if they want to take further, you know, take it further, we'll send them a design questionnaire, which can be really detailed and, and quite annoying for people to fill out, but it's crucial if we're going to get them a good result, right? And then after that, we jump on a call like this, you know, the Zoom call, and we, we dive deeper into their answers to the questionnaire. And then we feed the recording of that call and the design questionnaire into the design team. And then they start designing basically. And then we offer unlimited design revisions on everything we do. So we want to get the client feedback and we're, you know, supporting the client with you know, letting them know why we've designed what we've designed in, in that process. And then, yeah, it's usually like, you know, a four week process all up to design an entire site. And then we'll give them the quote for the, for the build phase or they can have a built elsewhere. Yeah, very nice. And and if anybody wants to see some of your work, you know, they can just go to piano in 21 dayscom Listeners of this podcast would, would also be pretty familiar with Nate Dotson as well, uh, microgreensfarmer.com. So I know you guys did his site. Thank as well. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, he's, 
you sent Nate to us and yeah, I love his site as well. He's, he's a great guy and he's got a really good niche there. So yeah, yeah we've designed quite a few it. other, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome to see. And we, yeah, we've designed quite a few other membership sites, but yeah, if you go to studio1design.com, have a look at all of the, all the folio images there. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, and this isn't like a sponsored episode or anything. I reached out to you. I was like, Hey, let's, uh, let's share some value about proper web design. And that's, that's why I wanted to have you on here. One of the things that's most different about my site, pianoman21days.com, since you guys designed it, would be that testimonials page. And that's something I just launched here recently. I've been updating the audience on on that because I'm super proud of it. I think two episodes ago is when I told people, hey, it's ready. Go check it out, pianoman21days.com testimonials. What do you think, Greg? Man, I just absolutely love that. It's so smart the way you've got those filters in there. Because you've got so many, what you're doing is letting people know who they can, like if prospects come to your site, they can filter by people that are more likely to be like them, right? So it might be age, it might be, you know, whatever the case is, there's a lot of filters in there. You have about 20 filters, which is really, really (laughs) powerful. So yeah, to me, I mean, I don't know how long you've had that on there, but are you finding you're getting good feedback from that? Are you getting more sales because of it? It's it's so new. It's hard to it's hard to say if I'm getting more sales because of it, but I, I know that a lot of people tell me that they purchase because of the testimonials, even before I launched the new one, right? So I know how important testimonials are to sell something, especially for me. Like people want to see my students playing their piano. What do they sound like after the 21-day program? That's so important. And the the where I got the idea for the filter was about half my students want to sing while they're playing and the other half just want to play like me like I I'm not comfortable singing like I just play my piano there there's that two you know distinct types of people and if I want to learn how to sing like if I want to play the piano while I'm singing then I only want to see the testimonials where people are doing that you know and vice versa if I if I don't want to sing then I don't really care how you can sing when you play I want to just see how you're playing and so once I, I wanted to filter between those two different groups and then I was like well why stop there let's 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 do some additional filters and so that's that's how I came up with the idea and I'm pretty pleased with how it turned out yeah it's amazing and how do you incentivize people to give you testimonials well I, 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 you have to ask. That's the key is, is asking every single person that goes through my course gets, gets asked multiple times for testimonials. I try to not do it in too, too annoying of a way. Right. But after about 31 days, right. So after about a month in the program, they get their first, they, they, they get their first ping for like a written review. And if they don't review there about a week after that, they get another ping. Hey, just wanted to follow up for a written review. And then after a three month period, Oh, well, let, let me jump back. If they do leave a written review and it's positive, then my assistant will will manually reach out to them and say, hey, I'm so glad you had such a great experience. Would you then be interested in doing a video review? Yeah, and then after three months, they get they get asked again about a written and a video review if they haven't done anything yet to this day. Because a lot of times, you know, it's a 21-day program, but they get lifetime access. So a lot of times, they've barely started by day 31, but maybe they're more more into it by day by day 90. Got it. Yeah. And I think you touched on something then like lifetime access. Maybe you know, people listening, they have a course that's only six weeks or whatever the case is. You might want to incentivize them by offering them lifetime access if they give you a video testimonial after they've done the course. Yeah. There's certain, certainly things you can do like that, but at the very least, like you got to ask, right? Even, even if you're not incentivizing them in any way, if you're not going to get any testimonials or you get very few, if you don't even ask the question. 
Yeah, but social proof, it's just one of those psychological drivers that you can't have enough on your site. It's not like, right, I've got 10, that's enough. Like the more, the better, right? Yeah, and so that, that's just one of the psychological drivers that we like to put on every website. Now, there's actually six that really can help boost your conversions, and they're based on the book by Robert Cialdini called Influence, right? And so what we do is we like to use those six things as authority, social proof, reciprocity, consistency, liking, and then urgency or scarcity, right? Which I know you use uh, deadline funnels, which can really boost, yeah, when you open up the the wait list, that sort of thing. But yeah, so there's a lot. I mean, if we've got time, we can sort of dive into them a little bit. Those those things are super important. Yeah, we we, we certainly can. You know, when you mentioned that book, I, I definitely have read that book. And one of the things that I remember most from that book is is this one story where where a girl is telling her parents like you know she had to drop out of school and she got pregnant and just like all these bad things and then she's like actually I'm just kidding I just failed this one class and so and you remember that story is like she was so nervous about telling her parents that she failed that one class that she she used the principles of psychology and and concocted this much 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 worse story and then when she broke the news of just failing the one class it was almost good news you know and i don't even remember what principle that fell under but when you say influence that's the story that comes to mind yeah totally totally but yeah and just you know like if we think about the authority like if you're a lot of people, you know, that have courses, they build their their audience on social media platforms, right? So, and it might be YouTube or whatever. And if you've got a, a lot of fans, you want to let people know when they come to your site, show those metrics, you know, that's going to boost your authority. And then, you know, have professional photos, that'll boost your authority, professional design as well. But, you know, everything that is going to sort of boost your authority, you want to put on your site. It might be, and a lot of people that start their own courses, they were an expert, you know, sometime in their life. And so you want to show people what those credentials were that position you as the authority, right? And then what we like to do, I'll just touch on this quickly, the about page is a super important page. A lot of website visitors will go to your about page to learn more about you and, you know, why they should choose you. And what we like to do, and I know you've used this as well, is have a timeline of your story and you just want to use milestones in your journey that help position you as the authority all the things that have happened in your journey even if it's not like up at, like it might be before you started your website and let people know why but telling your story in a timeline can be a really nice visual way to yeah to get your point across that was one of the things that really jumped out at me about that website that I liked that you guys had designed before I knew who you were. I was like, wow, look at this about page. I hadn't seen anything like that before. And of course, now I've got that implemented at piano21days.com slash about it. It's like a vertical looking timeline as you scroll down the page. Really, really cool. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, we get a lot of, a lot of great feedback from our clients and, and their clients. And yeah, it, it's pretty powerful. Right on. Well, Greg, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you and I appreciate all the value you shared with the audience here today. To just wrap this up, let us know if there's anything else you can think of that you think might be of value and then let people know where they can you know, get in touch with you and, and see if it might be a good fit to have their site designed by you and your team. Sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. So just realize that a website is never finished. You're always going to pivot in business, have new offers or whatever the case is, and obviously 
trends do change as well. So you want to just make sure you're using tools like Hotjar and Google Analytics and, and just look at your data constantly to figure out what's working, test new offers all the time. And yeah, it'll just keep getting better over time if you constantly test it and yeah, be prepared for, for it to change because it will change. And then yeah, if you want to connect, just reach out, go to studioundesign.com. We've got a free resource, which is forward slash checklist. And that'll show you 50 things that you can change on your website from a no to a yes, from not having them to having them, and you'll boost your results. Greg from StudioOneDesign.com. Thank you so much. All right, that's a wrap on the conversation with Greg. David, welcome back. Thank you. Hit me with some takeaways, man. What you got? I thought that was great information about just, again, I mean, I think the key takeaway is is actually simplicity. I loved his three keys to conversion-based design, which is clarity, strategy, and perceived value, and making it clear. And the strategy, I guess, more than anything, is getting people to actually get on your list. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. And man, my, you know, my biggest takeaway is that it's, I think, really great design. And and when I say takeaway, I'm, I'm talking about just like overall, this whole web design thing. When you have really great design, it just makes you it makes you look like you're in the big leagues, like you're like you are a professional. I mean, I'm I'm constantly like reaching out to course creators to see if they'd be a good fit for coming on this podcast. And so I get to see all kinds of different websites, right? That range from just a single page leading into a funnel like I ha- like I originally had to a full-fledged website whether it's designed well or not. And you can really tell the people that seem to be doing really, really well, or maybe are still just a one-man show doing everything themselves and and haven't had things professionally designed. And that really stands out to me, given where I've come from and where, where I am now from a web design perspective. And I know when people come come into my world, they start seeing my stuff, I want to present myself as professionally and just as good as possible to the world. And, and we can do that with a website. And so I think that once you get to a certain point, it's, it's, if, you're not a, if you're not a web designer yourself, you should reach out to somebody like Greg and, and get a professional web design. You kind of talked about this in the introduction before we listened to Greg's interview, but just when to hack, so to speak, and just say, this is what I like, and ask somebody that you found on Upwork, like, just say, just create this for me, and when to really hire a professional. I I don't know, what, what was it about when you went and viewed Greg's stuff that originally that convinced you to actually spend the money? And are you able to give us some rough estimate of like what the cost was? I know that's always helpful for people thinking about this. Yeah, I think I think so. I don't, I don't think Greg would mind. I mean, keep in mind, when I went through the process, it was a couple uh, of years ago, so his prices may have increased, but we're talking about $3,000 on the design phase and about the same to implement as well if you use his company. And that's uh, one of the things I learned about in this process, and I mentioned that in the interview, is that there, there's you got to think of web websites in two phases, two completely separate phases, and you don't want the same exact person to do both phases because typically web designers, are not good uh, web implementers and vice versa, right? And so Greg's got, you know, he's got the two separate teams that do that. But fortunately, I had my my implementer already who who's uh, less expensive than that, and and I would and I knew he did good work already. So <laughs> keeping it separate like that. Now, what, what was your? I, I, I like to get on tangent. What, what was the question again? I mean, it was just what was it that pushed you to actually spend the money, or was there a, de- a debate for a little while? 
Well, it was just this concept of, hey, for the first time, maybe I should actually get my site professionally designed. And Greg and his team were in the right place at the right time. I saw this website. There was no one thing that jumped out. I mean, there was. A, it was just a. It was just a super professional, well done website. And you know, he mentioned how they like to do those the on the about page, like the timeline flow in vertical. You know, that that's certainly one thing that jumped out at me uh, on this person's website that I was looking at. But like I said, just right place, right time. It was, it was, I was already debating this. I saw that site. I clicked on, I clicked on studio one design, studio one design.com, liked everything I had to, to hear there, went through the process with Greg, talked through him, got a quote from him and it all just made sense. And they, they were great to work with. I mean, they, they, the, the initial design they sent me, you know, isn't what you see today. We worked together over the period of several weeks to get it exactly how I, how I wanted it. And they were not going to, they were not going to stop until I was completely satisfied with their design. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And at that price level, I mean, I again, I remember your story pretty well, but I know for a period of time you were spending over $3,000 a month on like SEO strategies. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, if you say, well, if I'm spending the money on SEO, I should put my best foot forward. And that's where, yeah, I mean, that sounds very reasonable. Definitely like a long-term investment. I know you know, in my world, trying to help people have healthier backs, it's like if somebody spends a couple grand on a, a mattress, but it lasts them 10 years and keeps them feeling better, it's like you can make, you know, you can make long-term investments that might sound like a lot of money until you say, well, if it helps a little bit over that period of time, it's, it's worth it. Yeah. And you can certainly spend 10 or 20 grand or even more on, on web design. You know, I think, I think Greg's price point is, is a good kind of happy medium because you can also go the other way and, you know, hire somebody on Fiverr or, or maybe Upwork and spend $500 on web design. But I think Greg's company does a great job of, of finding that happy medium between, you know, not, not completely breaking the bank on the cost, but also doing an incredible quality of, of work. And so, it was, you know, I like, we kind of mixed things up in this episode here. It wasn't just another, you know, successful course creator story here. And, and like I said earlier, this wasn't a sponsored episode or anything. I don't really do a lot of those, but I, I reached out to Greg. I was like, hey, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about web design on the podcast. I'd love to have you on to talk about that. And for those of you that are interested in reaching out to Greg, we did set up a, an affiliate link for this audience. So you can go to the onlinecourseguy.com slash design, the onlinecourseguy.com slash design. And then that'll take you over to Greg's website. And the way it works is you just kind of, you kind of apply and you, and you give them information about what you're looking to do. And you jump on a call with Greg to see if it's a fit. They don't, they don't work with just anybody. And that's one thing I like to see in a company. And you guys know that I'll rarely recommend a product or service that I don't use myself. And this is obviously something that I use myself. So if you're interested, once again, the online course slash design. Any final thoughts here on, on proper web design? No, I don't think so. So guys, thank you everyone out there for listening. David, thank you for joining me again for another episode. For all the notes and links from today's episode, you can find those awesome show notes done by the wonderful Emily by going to theonlinecourseguy.com slash 123. And if 
Guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would sincerely appreciate a review on whatever platform you're using. If you haven't left a review for us on uh, that particular platform, then we would very much appreciate leaving a review. And if this is your first time listening, then welcome. And I would recommend the very next episode you listen to would be episode 89. That's our online courses 101 episode. Thanks again, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) 